0: Hey, this is Liz Kelly, and welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. Up on TheRinger.com this week, we've posted our streaming recommendations for the month of September, updated our 50 Best Superhero Movies of All Time list, and make sure to check out our Stephen King coverage by Ben Lindbergh on the site and on the Big Picture Podcast. On the sports side, our NFL experts are giving their predictions for the season, the storylines they're most excited about, and finalizing their rankings of the top 150 fantasy players of 2019. You can check it out on TheRinger.com. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad Stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shane Nakamura. Zach Linder.
1: Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goof Haraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening, listening, to, you're listening, you're listening to You're listening to. you are listening
0: to the. you You're listening to the, Man the, the Mask show, Man the Show. The Mask Man the Show. show. The Masked, Man the Masked Man Show. Mask Man Show. Mask Man Show. Mask Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. We are in the week following AEW's All Out. Sorry for the delay in getting this podcast up. Um, we had to wait. Uh, we had a statute of limitations. Um, the company was worried that we might get uh, in trouble for having stolen Jericho's championship belt mm-hmm. um, and admitting it on the air. But now we can admit it to everybody. We took it from the Longhorn Steakhouse. We threw it on the side of the road. And our uh, plan worked to a T. Is this the craziest story that doesn't involve, you know, at wrestler's death, this is nuts, right, Jim?
1: Yeah, but is it real? Is it one hundred percent confirmed?
0: No. Okay. So what happened uh, for anyone that wasn't listening? And I, we have we're doing a little mailbag this episode. So uh, everyone that asked questions about Jericho's championship belt, um, consider this your answer. If there's anything, I mean, we can keep asking questions about it because this this is the story that keeps on giving. So what happened? As near as I can reconstruct, is that Chris Jericho won the title. Uh, in a really really good match um at All Out against Hangman Adam Page um those two guys are very very good performers i don't think anyone would put them athletically or or you know at least in the in in this vintage of chris jericho in like the kenny omega category or anything like that but man they told a great story it was it was the perfect combination of like AEW storytelling and uh, like modern whatever japan indie style some way like met in the middle between the kind of the two poles of AEW, and it was really, really good. I really enjoyed that match. So, so Chris Jericho wins, returns home to Tallahassee, is picked up by a limousine, uh, proceeds to have the limo take him to a to a Longhorn steakhouse on the way home from the uh from the airport. And by the way, the entire the best part of this entire thing, and I say that with complete seriousness, was uh, Squared Circle Reddit devolving into a new a number of arguments about where Longhorn Steakhouse exists in the hierarchy of <laughs> of uh, chain restaurants and whether or not it's considered fine dining. <laughs> I have been to a Longhorn Steakhouse. Uh, I don't care about the answer to this question. It's a fine fine establishment. <laughs> Listen, there's a there is I you can go to the nicest steakhouse in the world, but like a chain steakhouse if you get it cooked if if you get it presented the way they want to present it, it's just it's it's a different thing, but it's just as great as anything else in the world. Longhorn Steakhouse, wonderful place. Um so they so Jericho goes there and returns to the limo to find apparently his championship belt, AEW championship belt stolen. Um uh, the, the, this is reported I and mean, there's a, there's a, there's a claim filed, apparently like two hours later, the Tallahassee police department, the internet erupts. Um, uh, it seems, uh, it, no, I mean, people are suggesting it might be a work. It seems like a really weird work. People are suggesting that, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a storyline or if it, if it was actually like just stolen deliberately because someone knew, even if not a storyline if someone like was like, Hey, that's Chris Jericho's limo. I know the belt is in there. Uh, <laughs> It raises a lot of questions about why, I mean, people were saying he, should, he shouldn't have left it in the car. I mean, I just don't know why, like, what was a limousine driver doing while, while this was going on? It was a, there was a whole lot of confusion. Um, then Chris Jericho cuts one of the all-time great promos, sitting in a hot tub, drinking some, taking a sip of some bubbly, as he said. Basically just saying, like, I don't care, I'm still the champion. And, uh, and, and that took it to a whole new level of memedom and everything else um later that day or the next day the Tallahassee police department did un- did re- retrieve the belt now the the wild thing was that they, there was a tweet saying that they found it or something or like AEW said they found it. But then then Tahasi like retracted the tweet or the Facebook post. So there was some, so everyone now is wondering, did they think they had it? Was that a have it and they didn't? Was that a lie? There are a lot of people suggesting that maybe they got like a replica belt. Someone had turned it in as a gag or they just t- turned in some other belt just to mess with them. But it turns out they did in fact have it. Tallahassee police put out a picture of one of their detectives, or whatever, holding up this championship belt as if he was like running into the office, having just claimed it. And then now, <laughs> the end of the story. This is it. Just it gets better and better. The end of the story is that, um, as reported, uh, I mean, there was great reporting by Jeff Berlew in the Tallahassee Democrat, and probably every wrestling blog you read on the subject was all the quotes that you read were Jeff Berlew's quotes that he that he uh, that he he reported, and, and other people aggregated. Um, which always happens in pro wrestling. People just aggregate and Meltzer and everybody else all the time. But it's funny when it, it's not, not funny. It's particularly ostentatious when it happens to like an actual, uh, like, uh, you know, like a newspaper journalist who's doing his job and then someone else just like blogs as if they did all the work themselves. But anyway, um, Jeff Berlew, the Tallahassee Democrat, th- did the reporting on this, but then told the story about how it was recovered. Um, this just went up today or yesterday, but he said, but it was uh, Frank Price of Tallahassee who's out celebrating his birthday um, On Sunday He and his wife Are driving Driving home This is from Jeff Berlew. After a day of Scalloping with friends In Port St. <laughs> Joe Bay uh, They were driving Down the street They see like a They see a, a, a bag Like a fancy <laughs> A fancy velvet bag Lying in the middle Of the road They stop to pick it up uh, and then apparently they could just tell it was a heavy bag but waited until they got home to open it up and they were like, holy shit, there's a wrestling belt. Yeah, right. They assumed as one might that there's no way this is an actual wrestling belt that's in, that's in circulation with a wrestling company even after identifying it. They thought it was like part of an elaborate cosplay you know, outfit. So we took a picture with it and then they posted on Craigslist. They're like, hey, anybody lose a belt? I found it on the road. And then finally they get in touch with the Tallahassee Police Department uh, someone puts them in touch, and they're like, "No, this is actually the belt," and they turn it in, and uh, and yeah, that's it. They they got the belt back. So it wasn't like they didn't catch a culprit. They didn't um they they didn't particularly crack the case. They just had it turned in, and then Mr. Price, the guy who found the belt, Frank Price himself, suggests in this piece in the Tallahassee Democrat what I believe to be the secret of this story. They, they, he he cracked the case himself. He said. I think what happened is they just set it on the trunk of the limo and it just fell off. Wow. Which that's probably true. But then he goes on to say the only other possibility is that it was part of a pro wrestling plot setup. They need all the publicity they can get. Bam. I thought that was just fantastic. Yeah, this is obviously what happened because it doesn't make any sense this belt was stolen out of the car and nothing else was stolen out of the car, right? Wait, you think it fell off the top or it was a plot? No, I think it fell off the top. I think mm. I think they I think that the 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 limo driver's like loading stuff in. He pulls out. They get to the they get to the place. They come back. They realize it's gone at the Longhorn Steakhouse. Was Undertaker
1: driving the limo.
0: Yeah, no, I think it was D. Lo Brown. <laughs> um, but the uh, but yeah. So so I'm sure it just fell off, landed in the middle of the road. Then they're like, "What happened? It must have been stolen." And the limo driver's like, "Yeah, I, I'm sure it was stolen. Uh, I don't know what else could have happened to it because otherwise it's his, it's his ass." Right. But he apparently like gave Price a couple hundred bucks because he like ran into him at the police station um gave him a little reward out of his own pocket jericho Um, the limo driver the limo driver right okay and um i'm sure aew will reward this guy as well i have two questions for this it's crazy in tallahassee too i mean tony khan should just like back up a brink's truck to his house or just like at least throw him a party see if he wants to go to a jags game or something like that Thirty thousand dollar belt yeah how much was it 30 wow yeah, um, I wonder if it would cost that much to get a second one made, or if part of that money's in like the design and all that kind of stuff, like making the sure. making the molds. But I anyway, uh, they
1: they keep it in a crown royal bag, like
0: you get basically, crown- yeah. <laughs> that's how all belts. Are. I mean, if you went right. and bought a bag, if you went and bought a bag, if you went and bought a belt, like a replica belt at a WWE event, it would come in a velvet bag. Hmm. Like that's how they. That's how you treat these fine championship belts. Hmm. I mean, if, if you bought like the four hundred dollar replica belt, not if you buy the plastic one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. So, yeah, they got the belt back. It seems everything's fine and dandy now. I think a lot of people were saying, like, it had to be a work or whatever. And even if it wasn't a work, like, you know, they should make it into a storyline. And they were uh, obviously making it into something of a storyline by accepting reality, which is the right move. But for me, like it would not have been. I mean, it wouldn't have been particularly interesting. Even if all this stuff had happened behind the scenes after the the initial police report, no one really wanted like Kenny Omega to be like, "Yeah, I stole your belts." So, like to show up on screen with like a Hamburglar costume on or whatever. Like that's not <laughs> like this isn't. It's not 1988 anymore. But it did raise this question for me, which is, I guess, as a re- as a lifelong wrestling fan, if it's not it. Uh, you know, I, this is so hard to explain or to put into words. As a postmodern wrestling fan, a meta wrestling fan, I don't want Kenny Omega in a hamburger costume, right? That's silly. That's beyond the pale. But I mm. am filled with the need for Chris Jericho to beat up the person who stole the belt, right? I don't want him to, I don't want him to lie to us about who stole it. But if someone did steal it, if this was like Jim Cunningham, local meth head who stole the belt, <laughs> that guy needs to be trained as a wrestler briefly and then brought into AEW to fight Chris Jericho. Like, that's what I am. That's what I'm that's the kind of justice I'm accustomed to as a wrestling fan. Right.
1: Yeah. I like that gimmick too,
0: Chris. Jim Cunningham, <laughs> local, local meth, meth- area yeah. method. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, that that's uh, that would be really fantastic. Anybody would watch that guy headline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that we waited on the podcast till this week because I, I'm glad that this story is finally resolved and we could tell it in full. I mean, it's really an incredible story. Um, it shows that people are paying attention to AEW. I think there's a lot of championship belts that probably would not have, um, you know, gotten so much acclaim or so much attention if they had been stolen. But the funny thing that you pointed out to me, Jim, is that this is not Chris Jericho's first time uh, having a terrible experience after winning a title. The first time that he won. The WWE Championship, or was it WWF at the time? It was when he won the... When he won the... Undisputed. The, uh, the Unified together. Championship, yeah. A, yeah. yeah. He, what was the story? He went back to his hotel room that night to celebrate. So he, first first of all, he got backstage, and no one was there to congratulate him because everybody yeah. had already left for the night.
1: And who had he beaten that night? He beat The Rock and Stone Cold?
0: Yes, and then he finally gets back to the hotel, and, uh, and room service ends in 10 minutes, but they just tell him, no, it's already over. And so he's like, okay, and he just orders a pizza for himself. The pizza gets there, and they refuse to send it up to him. He has to come down to the lobby to get it. This is, you know, you'd think a champion would get his own set of rules, but, but no. Then he goes down to the lobby, gets the pizza, gets back up to his room, and realizes he's locked himself out. So he goes back downstairs. The guy refuses to let him in for whatever reason, even though he just checked in. And what did he say? He just, like, he dropped a pizza or something Uh, on the floor? Then when they finally
1: went to go let him in the room, he dropped the pizza on the floor. So he spent spent the night as the new uh, unified champ eating, like, dirty pizza.
0: He was eating floor pizza in his (laughs) hotel room, like, in his underwear... Um yeah, and nothing could be sadder than that.
1: Yeah, I wonder if his like pants fell down too at the same time. right <laughs> <I'm afraid laughs> as he like went to take
0: the first bite. <laughs> Benny Hill theme song playing in the <laughs> yeah, background through this whole exactly. thing. Yeah, oh, slide man. whistle. It's so it's it's so incredible. So I think the lesson the real lesson here is like don't let Jericho win anything. Or better yet, I guess you should let Jericho win because he's an excellent champion. But, like, Jericho should, he should know better by now. If he wins, a if he has a big moment like this, if he wins a major championship, he should go into a fallout shelter immediately and wait for the apocalypse <laughs> to end. Because this, yeah. <laughs> this is not, like, it's not going to go okay for him. You know? I mean, that's it's, <laughs> it's just too bad. That's hilarious. It takes a special sort of performer to be, like, pushing 50 and to still be able to pull off what he does, right? I mean, to have reinvented himself so many times and to be now the anchor sort of, of AEW. So they can go into, you know, their new, their, their TV show and everything with a, with a guy with a big name, but also, I mean, with a reputation, with a history like he has. And his ring work is still really, really good, as I said before, but, but to be the kind of guy who can just immediately get in the hot tub and cut a promo that will now live forever in infamy and like probably the most embarrassing moment of his professional career. That is an elite performer. No pun intended. That is an all time great. And, uh, yeah, Chris Jericho, my hat's off to you. His hat, by the way, was on uh, while he was in the hot tub, which I think only made things better. All smooth. But that, that's that's really great. I just love, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, this is just
0: The whole thing is just incredible. I, like every bit of it, if it had just been, I mean, if it, it just a longhorn steak, like, like like I said, fine establishment, but everything about it was just like, like a punchline, and it was just such an incredible, incredible story. Uh, A little bit disappointing that nobody actually stole it, uh, or that nobody was caught.
1: We should start rumors of just every time he won the title, just what happened that night. Just ridiculous stories, get them going. It's basically- So rumors of what? Of any night that Chris Jericho won a title through his career. Like, yeah, when he first won the Cruiserweight, and then you just- (laughs) It's like the aristocrats. WCW Cruiserweight Champion. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like the aristocrats or the Chuck Norris joke or whatever. You just tell the craziest story possible.
0: Yeah, he was walking back, he walked back to his car and found a dead body in the trunk. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, I think that's that should be it. Chris Jericho winning titles should be the real meme that comes out of this, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was just, it. that, I don't know if that overshadowed everything else that happened this weekend. Um, but, uh, you know, there was an AEW pay-per-view, there was an NXT show that was really spectacular. The AEW show was really good too. We're still waiting on the total numbers for that. the 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 pay per view numbers as Meltzer reported are a little bit down, but we don't know what the BR Live report numbers are, so it's you know the jury's still out. But anyway, anyway, before, let's see if there's any questions about that stuff before I just keep monologuing about the awesomeness of pro wrestling.
1: Yeah, there are a bunch. Um, I, one question I'm curious about though is, so the cops, the Tallahassee police, tweeted out about finding the belt, but then they deleted it. Yeah. There's something suspect about that to me. I don't know why. It's just kind of weird. It's like, is it illegal to for the police to announce something that's
0: not actually happening? Like, I no no no. I I mean I, I have no idea what happened there, but it's totally it's totally within the realm of reason that they like got the belt, and then after the tweet went up, they were just like, someone was just like, wait, we know we're sure this is the real one, right? And they were like, fuck, take the tweet down, and like we just got to spend like twenty minutes verifying this before we. Actually, yeah. just put like announce it publicly,
1: or is Tony Khan's high school buddy in the police department? And he's like, Oh, will you tweet out about this belt? And he's like, Oh, yeah, sure. And then they're like, uh, Are we sure this is legal? <laughs> I don't know. It's wrestling, I mean, this man. is fertile it's ground great for- publicity, it is, it you is. This is,
0: fer- this is fertile ground for conspiracy theorizing, but I think this is an Occam's razor situation. I think they the, they left the belt on the trunk and it yeah. Fell high <laughs> that, that is here's true. the real question, though. Here's, here's the real question. <laughs> Everyone's though. done if, that. If you found the belt, mm-hmm. Jim Cunningham area meth head. <laughs> no, Jim Cunningham employed human being with no apparent drug problems. Uh, if you found the belt, would you just return it? Like, what would your move be? Would you like Ooh. tweet about? I mean, at least like post a bunch of photos on Instagram or something for a while before, like, as you're returning it. Maybe burner account. Is there any chance that you would just keep it? I'd probably try and sell it. I know they're going to replace it anyway. So I'm just going to put this in a trunk and, like, it's just be, it'll be awesome that I can admit, you know, I can tell my friends that I have this belt. Yeah. I don't know. Where would you even sell that pawn shop? Like, that's the thing. I mean, once it was $30, out, $30,000 is a lot of meth. Once, once they. <laughs> It's not worth $30,000, the thing. If you melted it down, which a lot of people online were talking about. This is like people who watched <laughs> way too many crime thrillers and not nothing. I mean, this thing is not made out of 14 karat gold as far as I know. If you melted it down, it would probably be worth like, you know, a few grand or something. You know I mean? and that, and that But you can't really like sell something that's so identifiable very easily. Unless you, you know, can find a criminal mastermind or like a McMahon who really wants to have it just as, oh, you know. Oh, sell it to McMahon. That would be good. But but I don't know how much even he would pay for it. I mean, what's the point, right? He'd pay five grand. I mean, my I think I would probably have a I would probably game plan out like, is there a way that I can have a little fun and then get Tony Khan or someone to like write me a you know, a good hearted check about it? Like, but that I don't think that's feasible. I think my only temptation would be like, do I just knowing that they're gonna get another one made and it's not gonna end up mattering, like, do I just hide this in a closet forever? Do you know that back in like the what the fifties or something like that, the, whatever the the um maybe it was earlier than that, the Mona Lisa was stolen. Do you know the story? No. It's it's like the reason the Mona Lisa is as like famous as it is. In 19, oh no, way earlier than that. Nineteen eleven. Sorry. Hmm. Um, Mona Lisa was stolen by a dude. Just walked in the the Louvre, and this and the and this and this point, the Mona Lisa was not in its own room. Like it was it was a it was just like you know, a very famous painting, but not like the reason you would make the trip there just for that. And the guy took it off the wall. I think he was posing as like a cleaner, like after hours or something like that. And he walked into the he he took it off the wall, walked into the staircase, peeled the painting out of the frame, rolled it up, put it in a tube, just walked out. And when they realized and then and then people like ignored it for the security guards, I think, just didn't realize anything was going on because like art was occasionally taken to be cleaned. You know, like it was it was Mm -hmm. sometimes things went off the wall. So when they finally figure it out, there's this giant story. Police, you know, the newspapers are going nuts. Police are looking for it. People start lining up uh, around the block for miles to see the empty space on the wall where the Mona Lisa once hung. Like that's (laughs) that is like how the Mona Lisa, in a lot of ways, became as famous as it is because people were just like, I can't believe it's gone. I got to see this like dusty empty spot on the wall. The point of the story is they finally found it. They didn't. It was years later, I think. It took. It was a long time. But when they finally found it. Um, the guy who st- they found it in this guy's apartment. He had like a studio apartment in Paris, you know, in an attic somewhere. And they found the painting in the tube, you know, rolled up in the tube. I think the tube that it was stolen in, in the bottom of a of a chest, like covered in blankets and stuff. He had not like he, it was not on display. He couldn't sell it. He didn't do anything with it. It was buried in a storage in a storage chest in his apartment. But there was a postcard of the Mona Lisa sitting on his mantle. So he could look at it, but he couldn't look at the real thing because there, he couldn't do anything with it. Like, what do you do when you have the Mona Lisa? So anyway, that's the story of uh, the Mona Lisa that I surely botched. But it's a, it's a cool story that everyone <laughs> should read cool. about. It's crazy. Um, Who are the people lining up to look at an empty space on the wall? Literally stare at a wall. Um, <laughs> that was it was everybody. This is like 1911. Like, what yeah, else? they Yeah. <laughs> <No. laughs> No, but people would do that now. Are you, are you kidding me? Can you imagine the, the number of people that'd be posting Instagram photos in front of an empty wall? Like that would be the coolest. They'd be the most like people would like be after, all over after that they stuff. remove
1: a Banksy. They like, I guess people take pictures of it, but like the walls like washed yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Would you like hang out? Like, if you wanted to sell the AEW belt, would you just go to a wrestling convention and like hang out in the shadows in a trench coat, like trying
0: to see? If you could meet some person that would be willing to buy it for five to ten thousand dollars? Oh man! If I wanted to sell, it, no, I would just call Conrad. Just be like, "Hey man, how much for this thing?" <laughs> yeah. You can't say it was me. I'll take like I'll take a you know cut rate for it, but like you know.
1: <laughs> Seriously though, how much do you think Vince would buy it for? Do <laughs> You think he would?
0: he would be like, That's "Yeah, hard. sure." It's hard to say. It's so That's funny really though. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: he puts NXT up on Wednesday night. Yes, I think he would want that belt.
0: Yeah, let's see some questions.
1: All right. This comes from Daniel. He asks, based on two AEW pay-per-views and two more live events, what are the biggest strengths and weaknesses moving into weekly TV?
0: Well, the biggest weakness is just the, is the unknown, right? The biggest weakness is how do you do with te- how do you how do you turn what they've done so far into a two-hour television program? I mean, that's more of a question than a weakness, but until it's answered, like that's that's got to be it. Someone, someone posted a thing that I've been saying for a long time on Reddit the other day, which is like the biggest problem with AEW, one of the biggest problems nobody's talking about is that like they don't even have like a uniform, a unified YouTube channel. Like they're still posting some things on being the elite, some things on on uh, a AE, the AEW channel. There's other stuff kind of floating around. The tone is all over the place. Like you don't really know what's what. Um, and I think there's some truth to that. They still have some sort of just infrastructural things to get together, um, and. I mean, I think that you know we just don't listen. A two-hour wrestling show is not going to be two hours of matches every week. We just don't know what all the other stuff's going to be. So until that gets resolved, that's the biggest question. I don't know it's not a weakness, mm-hmm. but it but it could be. Um, Did you hear Bill and uh,
1: Brian Koppelman talking about AEW?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By it the way, if, yeah. If you guys haven't listened to this, go back to it's not the most recent episode of the of uh, Bill Simmons podcast, but I think the one before. Yeah, I think it's on Wednesday. It has Steve Nash on at the top of the yep. show, but then Koppelman, who who who's the showrunner for Billions, is on there, and he's a In he's an old van. school wrestling. First time I ever met Coppelman yeah. um, was back at the Grantland days, and we like had, got together for drinks, and he just cornered me immediately and wanted to talk about Bruno Sammartino and like all these guys he grew up watching, and it was pretty awesome. Nice. It's just always cool when you meet a guy like that who's got like who just cares that much about wrestling. But anyway um um yeah so what was your question about them just that they were talking Uh, about it
1: yeah exactly because well bill was talking about maybe uh launching that wednesday show is kind of maybe a misstep because it's a lot to take on 52 weeks yeah i know that
0: they discussed a lot of different options with the show um and i know they talked about not going every week um at various times. I just think when it comes down to it for a, for some, for for a network, you know, for a, a channel like TNT or whatever, like the biggest, the greatest value, like the value of being live every week, 52 weeks a year or 50, even whatever it's going to end up being is, I mean, that's, that is worth way more than whatever it is that you're putting on. Right. Yeah. I mean, they would like, if you, if you had, if you were pitching a wrestling TV show, like the, 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 the schedule, like 52 weeks a year live, from a from a big venue with like you know with backyard wrestlers is probably more valuable than like 20 weeks a year pre-taped with you know Roman Reigns and John Cena. You know I mean it's just a different thing. It's it's, it's that's the value. So it's tough. And I but I agree with Bill. I think it's it's a huge jump for them. It's a jump into the unknown. It's very unclear how it's going to go off. And the show would have been better. I mean, it would it would have been a better show probably if it were just like twenty weeks a year and and or whatever. Just like a cer X number of episodes and then just pay per views. You know, I mean that that would have been I mean, that's a easier thing to pull off. Lower degree of difficulty. Um but it's impos I mean, but but one of the points that Koppelman made was that what do you say, Jericho and Omega are like two of the most interesting wrestlers in the world. And mm. um I totally agree with that. Uh, I mean, you could even throw like Cody in there, the Bucks in there, whatever. There's a lot of interesting people. Lucha Bros, for God's sake. I mean, like to think where they were, you know, five, six years ago compared to where they are now is pretty incredible. Um, But but yeah, I mean, they are really interesting. And so it's going to be interesting. you know, we're going to tune in to see what happens. Um, And I think that that talent... Not just how interesting the people are, but the talent that they have. I guess that is the same thing. It's that sort of viral electricity that so much of these, so much of their roster has. Like that's obviously the strength. Now, being able to put on young bucks versus Lucha bros style matches is a is a huge thing. But um, for as long and and matches like Jericho versus Page, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of they put on a lot of really cool stuff. But I think just that, just the interest, just the electricity, like that's what. It is, there is the biggest thing they have going for them and, and yeah i mean it's people are people are going to be interested so you know just being young being new and fresh you know is is a is a huge deal in pro wrestling world right now so uh, i'm excited to see what they do all right michael smith asks what do you think of AEW giving omega a losing streak well it's interesting because the winning wins and losses do seem to matter right that like Cody is, they announced Cody for a title at, at full gear, and he's like two and oh and one, I think so far. And so it's sort of actually like legitimate based on record that he would get that shot. I think giving Omega a losing streak is good if you're going, especially if you're going to be taking wins and losses seriously, because it can kind of keep him off out of the title picture. And but is, so, is sort of like the co headliner for a while, if that makes any sense. You know, it also sort of undercuts the assumptions about the promotion, which is always a good thing that people are just like, he's the best wrestler in the world. This is going to be the Kenny Omega show. Well, you know, we're going to have some other people doing, doing stuff too. You know, Adam Page is definitely at a level he wouldn't have been if it had been, you know, Jericho versus Omega for the title right off the bat. Um, it's an interesting place that Cody's in right now. And we got John Moxley lurking around. I mean, I think that, I think that it, I think it's a good move. I, th- I mean, I think that talking about what people are tuning in for, I mean, they're going to be tuning in for Kenny Omega in that episode one. There's a lot of people who've, probably heard a lot about Kenny Omega who haven't even like watched an AEW pay-per-view so far you know and and maybe they've seen some stuff online seen some New Japan work whatever but like you know there might there's probably a lot of wrestling fans out there that like still have probably only seen Kenny Omega like wrestling a blow up doll or wrestling a little kid and like they don't even realize it's the same guy but like they're but they're interested to see this like that they're interested to see it, they're interested in seeing the best wrestler in the world who's not in WWE and the best wrestler in the world period uh and it's a guy who happens to have never, you know, really been in WWE so like that's going to drive a lot of interest having giving him a losing streak um i think is kind of cool i mean it's just a way to it's a way to show that like wins and losses matter and nothing's a given so you know mm. like like i think it's fine um sticking with the
1: AEW questions do you think AEW took a misstep by having their pay-per-view so far ahead of the TNT show. That's DJ Frankenstein. Uh,
0: th- that. Having all, you mean having this, this pay-per-view in um, particular? Having, he he said having their pay-per-views so far ahead. Oh, on TNT. I mean, it would have been probably, it probably would have made a lot of sense to have a pay-per-view like the day before or the weekend before the show debuted, which is not what the you're doing, before, right?
1: Yeah, that's smart.
0: Um, but they,
1: could they still have
0: one? I'm not sure that it really matters. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that. It, I mean, I, I think that, 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 yeah, I mean, if this, if this, if they had had the press conference, and then they had all out, and then the next night, you know, their their weekly show, or the, that week the weekly show starts. I mean, I guess that's a better rollout. But they didn't know what they had, right? I mean, they kind of had to do some of these pay per views, is like to figure out. I mean, to get the bids from the networks. You know, they had to they had to do some of these pay per views to like to like sort of establish that they were a real company. And at this point, they're you know they're really well set up for people to tune into the show um and i think just sort of having consistency is the biggest deal of all because like i said they've never done any of this stuff before obviously and they've but like the the i think the 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 reason why i'm most confident that they'll be able to pull off weekly television is because they've pulled off what they've pulled off so far you know i mean if if they were just like if they came out of nowhere and they're like we're doing a weekly show but we're not hiring any like well-heeled producers or writers or anything like that i think there'd be a lot of question about whether or not they were going to make it work but um and live tv you know live people keep saying well you know uh pr- promotions have have gotten by with no writers in the past obviously writer the, the writer's room is a is a fairly recent something a thing a fairly recent vintage with wwe but um but we're not that, that wasn't live tv you know that was like that was like a 30 minute to an hour show that was taped in a in a news studio that they cobbled together after the fact i mean that it's a and even if it was live it was being done live by like actual broadcasters um it's a whole different thing to do 2 hours live from an arena um with commercial breaks that like it really really matters if you don't hit them in time you know and like all that kind of stuff like it's it it's a whole different show so anyway i think the biggest uh, I think maybe they lost a little bit of like explosive hype. And especially if these pay-per-view numbers bear out being a little bit lower than that, that you can see that loss there. But, um, you know, I think they, they, they needed to do it the way they did it. I think, I think they've, they've made, they've basically made all the right decisions so far. So we'll see.
1: Okay. From at surfing Kane, which is a funny image, just picturing Kane surfing. Um, Within the next few months, do you expect AEW to introduce a secondary belt similar to the IC championship, Intercontinental? If so, who do you think should be their first champ?
0: I, it would not surprise me if they did. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't, only because, the I mean, I haven't heard. title.
1: N- huh? It's like the worker title, right? At least it wasn't like WWE. Yeah, but but Mr. their Perfect. worker title is the title. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I I gonna mean, say all,
0: the, all those guys are solid. Um. Yeah, I mean I, I it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they held it out just because it's a little bit of a cheap pop. Right, um up. so they can wait a little bit later to do that. Mhm. But yeah, I think it would be a good move. And I think that if they if they did it, the move would be to give it to give it to Sean Spears just because of the Tully Blanchard tie. Like have Tully cuz Tully Blanchard was a TV title holder for so long. Um and and to and to do with that, you know, just to sort of like that's let cool. it be let it be a Tully Blanchard gimmick or whatever. But I mean that's right. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. I think there's a lot of different ways they could go with it. Um you know, they have an interesting situ- situation because they have they do have a bunch of different kind of caliber not caliber is not the right word, like like sorts of workers, right? I mean, they could be um It's not just like we have the, like the worker belt, you know, like for the worker division, they kind of have like a a de facto, like hardcore division. They have all these sort of like undersized guys. They have, you know, high flyers. They have all, you know, it's, they, they, they don't need to like segregate, segregate the different parts out like really deliberately and have different titles for each one. But I think they kind of have to, they should, they're probably in the process of thinking about what, what a mid tier belt would look like, um, you know, uh, in 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 the context of that company. Um you know what they really should do is they should have if I if if I were them I you know I was gonna say WWE should do this, but if you're if you're I mean you know the IC the IC title had like that fake tournament that started in Rio de Janeiro. Do you know the story? No. But, like <clears throat> Pat Pat Patterson was the first ever oh, yeah, intercontinental champion it, yeah. back in the day he and won. they said he won it at a tournament in Rio de Janeiro which never happened. Um <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I've all, I have long thought that, like, if WWE should just do, like, if, you know, people talk about they should do, like, they, they like all these one-off tournaments, like, King of the Ring they should have had in one night, and they have the Mae Young Classic, the Cruiserweight Classic, all this cool stuff, the tag team, the Dusty Rhodes Classic tag team tournament. What would be super cool is if they had, like, an intercontinental, one-night intercontinental, like, mo- like bracket bracketed tournament that, that actually took place from Rio de Janeiro. Like, that would be like a huge yeah. baller move by WWE, but a great FU for for uh for AEW would be to like have a one-off show in Rio de Janeiro where they announce their their That'd like mid-card cool. title. That'd be very cool. Anyway.
1: All right. Uh did you see the news about the draft coming up for WWE? Yeah. Um is it true the rumors that NXT will be involved in this draft? Do you have any inside information? I guess this guy's looking for.
0: Um, I do have some inside information about that. NXT will be involved. I don't know the degree to which they're being involved. They're going to be involved, and I will tell you something. Uh, I know it feels like with with the brand split, with the Fox show, with everything coming, that like there must be a lot of information that, that like is being decided in boardrooms that we don't have access to, that even Melcher doesn't know or whatever about this. I. I uh, can tell you for a fact. This is not much of a fact that like there is a lot still left to be decided. Um, if you think that WWE knows which show Roman Reigns is going to be on when the Fox show starts, you are incorrect. Like these these there is a lot still up in the air, um, and I think that there's that the negotiations between the networks and WWE are really just beginning. So yeah, there'll be a draft, and a lot of that's going to be addressing, um, you know, the specific needs of the different companies. But, um, uh, you know, I think with Fox, I was talking to somebody about this. I think with Fox, there's this interesting split because SmackDown has has been more of a worker show. Um, but if you just think in, in purely practical terms, like if w- people have already started imagining all this cross promotion that WWE can do with Fox Football and all that kind of stuff, like you kind of have to have, uh, like it's not it's not a bad de- it wouldn't be a bad decision. To, top, to have at the top of the card a bunch of dudes who, like, look formidable standing next to football players. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, yeah. you almost want to have, like, make sure you have Randy Orton on the roster and, like, vying for the title because, like, he will look like a Braun. badass standing next to a... F- Braun, same th- Braun, Brock, like, all the guys like that. Roman Reigns, too. I mean, they look legit, right? I mean, if you we're doing a promo with a bunch of big NFL dudes and like all of your guys were like a foot shorter than them, uh, that that might raise some eyebrows. Who knows? I mean, it might not, but it's not that big of a deal, but like I can see that being a part of the conversation. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. It'll be interesting to see if they go with like, and then there's also, obviously there's another big question, which is like, do you, if you have to pick between, I'm just saying random names here. If you have to pick between Roman Reigns and Alistair Black, based on like, mm. like established fame or like, mo- like enormous upside. Who do you take? You know, I mean, like, I mean, m- maybe Roman Reigns is better because he saws a ton of upside and it's crazy. But like, you know, uh, oh, it, so it'll, it'll you're be.
1: to use Roman Reigns, huh? Obviously, you'll use Roman Reigns.
0: Yeah, but like, do are you dra- But if but if the but if the brand split is is hard and fast then do you take guys that you think you can just make into megastars? Like, do you want Daniel Bryan? Cause he's a megastar. Even if he, even if you knew through a crystal ball that he only had like two years of career left, or do you take, uh, and, and he doesn't, I mean, that's not, I'm just saying that just hypothetically, but like mm-hmm. but him or somebody with just like a young wrestler with like all the potential in the world. I think it's a real mm-hmm. question, you know? Um, and then there's the women's side thing, which is going to be, a, I think, a separate conversation. I don't think that they're you know, in the in the real life draft, I think they're probably in a separate category, but um, you know, that'll be interesting too. Especially because on the women's side, there's like a there's a ton of talent, probably not enough talent. You know, they they both, if it's a separate, if if it's if it's a separate draft, it'll be fine. You know, but but they could they could use more talent, I think, on both shows if they want to make it a real viable, like urgent division, we've talked about that before, but there's a crazy amount of talent in developmental and in, you know, NXT, NXT UK. And that's going to, the existence of NXT, and this is a very long way to answer this question is going to mess up. (laughs) Is the, 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 the the fact that NXT is becoming a show messed up everybody's plans for who they want on their network shows. Uh, Mm -hmm. because like, you know, Fox might've been like Fox might've just said, we desperately want, you know, like our number, our number two pick is the undisputed era, like get them on TV. But like now that's not an option. They have to anchor it in NXT. Um, same thing with the women's side. You know, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of talent there. And I think that NXT will be in the mix because I think they'll want to find, they'll probably use that as a, as a mechanism to get some established talent back down to NXT um, and get a few of their big stars onto the, onto the other shows. But all of this remains to be seen. There might be, I'll just say this, there might be people that know the answer to this as of, there might be people in like executive suites who know some of these answers now, but they didn't know it two or three days ago. So it'll be interesting to find out.
1: Mm. Okay. Um, you mentioned Roman Reigns. Michael Sean wants to know or has to exclaim, this can't be the original plans for the Roman Who Done It." This wasn't where it was supposed to go. Any truth or thoughts that it was supposed to be Lars Sullivan originally?
0: I have no idea about the Lars Sullivan thing. There was a story in The rap, which is, um, uh, you know, like a, a pop culture outlet or whatever, that says the Roman Reigns storyline was botched so bad, that's a quote, that, quote, explaining it to anyone, what it was supposed to be wouldn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> Try me. And this is it. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure what exactly that means, because like the story that was presented on TV was a little bit wonky, but like it makes sense. They don't like we're only missing like a couple of sentences of explanation, like why they didn't bring whatever happened to the bearded lookalike, the Eric Rowan guy. I guess there's like what what conversation Roman Reigns had with that bearded guy after the show went off the air is a good question. Um why after seeing the security footage they couldn't stick with the story about that being Roman Reigns i guess i guess if you want to put the pieces together it's pretty simple which is like and this is skipping the Samoa Joe part and the um buddy murphy part because all that sort of makes sense but it's that daniel bryan didn't know that that rowan was involved but like defended him in every way he possibly could even though he like lied to defend him. Does that make sense? Like he, he, he concocted Mm -hmm. the story about the bearded guy because he wanted to help his friend. And then when he found out that when he saw the video, he was like, like, Oh, my friend was lying to me. And that's, you know, how kind of how it all blew up. This rap story, by the way, is about, is mostly about, um, by Tony Maglio, who, by the way, it it bears mention WWE was like leaking him information, uh, not that long ago. So uh, take that for what you will. Um, uh, and that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying he is a well-sourced guy who WWE will place stories with when they want it. The leaking is the wrong word. They're placing stories with him. Um, but there's this whole shakeup in the in the writers' room where they're like Ryan Ward, who is the SmackDown lead writer, is replaced by Ed Kosky, who's been with the company forever. Ed Koski is a uh, fine dude who's really smart, and um, just like anybody else, gets a little bit of a bum rap online because he's been a, he's been a he's an identifiable name for too long or whatever. Ryan Ward was at one point sort of a writing Wunderkind, considered that in-house. Now he's like going on a leave and uh, is not going to reclaim a title. He might be on like the, the home team writing team when he comes back, which would be a demotion according to the rap. Um, Jonathan Backstrom, who was the head writer of 205 Live, uh, got called up by Paul Heyman to sort of be his consigliere and, and like lead writer, which is a big jump for him. Um... And but, but anyway, I think that I think the stuff about the about the Roman Reigns story not making sense was a little bit of a like a deliberate dig at at Ryan Ward or something. I, I couldn't quite tell exactly how that was going. I mean, what the but there, it did seem sort of loaded. Anyway, what was the original question? Did they mess up the story? just that this can't be the original plan no i th- i mean i think the fact that that, sh- that match wasn't on the pay-per-view i think was a sign or there wasn't and there wasn't even like a mid like a like a placeholder match like while before we get there we'll do rowan versus i mean R- roman versus rowan at a pay-per-view you know while the story is going on it feels to me like that. They just suddenly realized they had like botched the storytelling. They were off by a week. They were whatever. And like that led to a lot of these changes. That's going to, that's my total conjecture. Um, So yeah, they messed it up. But that said, even the wacky weird version, I really enjoyed like whatever they ended up with. And may. but maybe the point of this, that it doesn't make any sense thing is that they salvaged it, but what they had planned was nonsense. Um, And that's why it kind of made sense what we saw on TV. I don't know. Regardless. This could not have been what they had planned, but all that said, this was way more interesting than what Roman Reigns would have been doing otherwise. I I feel confident about that. Cena's Forearms
1: asked, God, wrestling fans have the best Twitter names. Um, (laughs) What do wrestling fans need to hear once and for all that CM Punk isn't coming back?
0: Isn't coming back to wrestle or isn't coming back? That's what he made it sound.
1: That's what it sounds (laughs) like. I'm guessing, but I don't know, man. These guys, some of these guys, Hulk Hogan wrestled at what, 60? CM Punk could always come back. He's got like another. Also, CM Punk came back.
0: We talked about this in the show like a few months ago. He came back in a mask at an indie show. Like he's been back. I don't know what people need to hear. I don't have any reason to believe he's ever coming back. I don't think he particularly wants. He has any desire to right now any more than he ever has, but. There's something going on with that Fox rumor, and if say it was true, would him running his mouth about WWE once a month on Fox Sports One like make you l- make it less or more likely that he would come back? I don't mm-hmm. know the answer to that, but I think you could argue it either way, right? Yeah. You're just closer to. it. I mean, I guess if he were exactly, it's, I think it's uh, you know the it's sort of like the proofs in the pudding sort of thing. I think if if he had, if he had found some other thing, if like Ultimate Beastmaster were the number one show in America, and he was just chilling out doing that, or if he were like super successful in UFC, I think that's what would tell us he wasn't going to do it again. But I think it's healthy for all of us to put these fantasies to bed about him coming back. But um, I don't think that anything's off the table. I don't think he's coming back as a wrestler, but. Aside from that, nothing's off the table.
1: Okay, here's a fun question from Azza Adam. What is the most you would spend to get a wrestler shout-out on Cameo and from who? I'm going to send you the link to this Cameo with the wrestlers. Do you know what Cameo is for anyone who doesn't know? yeah, Celebrities will send you a happy birthday message or something like that. Have you seen the Scott Steiner uh, Cameo videos? Yes, it's
0: fantastic stuff.
1: (laughs) They're amazing so Zeus Tiny Lister Jr. or whatever his name was Tommy Lister 100 bucks wow James El- James Ellsworth 20 bucks Big E 125 I just can't believe
0: and this is goes for all of Cameo these people who are doing it for such small amounts of money I can't believe it is worth it like wouldn't it be more worth it to seem like more of a big deal even if you're whatever Marty Jannetty like shouldn't Marty Jannetty be asking for like $250 instead of I mean I'm not saying I don't know what he's off what if he's on there or what he's doing but like I just feel like yeah, you could get a bunch more if you did fifty bucks, but if you just got like fewer, but you were getting two fifty, and it seemed like a more prestigious thing to get it, it seems like a bigger deal. But anyway, I mean, who would I spend the most money for? Is that the question? Yeah, let's see. T- uh, the Tiny Lester's hundred. Ellsworth's twenty. Biggie's one twenty-five. Oh, Leo Rush is twenty bucks. By the way, he had a new song that came out today called mm-hmm. "I Wonder." That's actually really good. Go online, listen to Leo Rush. He's a he's, he's a pretty good songwriter. Singer, performer, mm. He's a man of many talents. Uh, Godfather,
1: forty bucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jonathan Coachman, twenty five. Uh, Hacksaw, seventy five bucks. Yeah, that seems about right. Tommy Dreamers, forty. Bret Hart's, one fifty. Coco Beware is twenty five bucks. That's oh, yeah. a great photo of him posing with a parrot. <laughs> but I assume is not the original Frankie, Frankie. in like in like a. McMansion somewhere. He's just like in 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 his own living room. Gilbert, fifteen dollars. Wow. See, that's not worth. I just feel like that's not worth it, worth the effort. But whatever. Tyler Breeze is on here. And Matt Hardy, Jake the Snake is pretty good. I'm looking through mm-hmm. all the names. Jake the Snake is probably. The I best, mean, I the Great Khali for forty bucks is incredible value. Although, <laughs> I mean, just because you could show that to people and it would be like constantly funny. Jake the Snake, though. I mean, on the mic, him talking about your bar mitzvah or something it'd be pretty cool ted dibiase would be pretty great if he did like a million dollar man kind of million dollar yeah, man it, promo. Had to do the one. left yeah let's see tito santana arn anderson who was at a the AEW show this weekend by the way uh he did not he was not in, in, in cody's corner but he wasn't he did appear in that match so we predicted that bushwhacker luke man that's a great one uh, <laughs> who else is on here For anyone who
1: wants to see this website, it's cameo.com slash C slash wrestlers, or just browse, and you go down to wrestlers under athletes. It's amazing. I'll tweet out the link. Yeah, do it. Tim Sylvia. He's He's not a wrestler, but he's the man. I haven't seen him in a while. Shad Gaspard.
0: Your boy, Mark Henry. Yeah, Mark Henry's uh, on there.
1: Oh, Honky Tonk. Ricky Morton.
0: Oh, man. I mean... Scott Norton. There's some good old school guys on here.
1: Bruce Pritchard, 50 bucks. Or you could just buy a t-shirt
0: for 20 bucks and I'll call you. That's a good point. That's a good point. Or, yeah.
1: Um, I guess you get a video on this. Craig the Hammer Valley. One of the
0: headbangers, whose name apparently is Glenn Ruth, is on here for 20 bucks. There's a pro wrestler named Hog, H-O-G, who looks in like, overalls, a white t-shirt and a creepy, like, ho- pig, bloody pig mask.
1: Yeah, who the hell is that? not familiar
0: with that guy, but I would love to see him wrestle. Um, Ernest the Cat Miller, geez. Brutus Beefcake, Terry Runnels. A lot of people on here. This thing just never ends. I know. I'm going to go... With, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Ted DiBiase. I think that would just be awesome. That's a good one. I think that's a good one.
1: You get the laugh, too. I don't know. Jake the Snake telling you, you know, you're a year older. Let's yeah, Jake the snake. If it like super man.
0: dark with it, it'd be cool. Yeah, I think yeah. Jake the Snake would be great. But I, but either the, the, it would be one of those two, I think.
1: That was a good question. Fun question, thanks. All right. What else we got? Alex G wants to know should Rick Flair be able to trademark the man?
0: Well, I'm sure this is on this is probably on Cheap Eat this week, but uh um stat guy Greg, who is a professional practicing attorney. Said that no, it's too you can you know it's too vague that you can trademark to be the man or to be the man you got to beat the man but the man is too vague. Uh, but um, didn't
1: Donald Trump trademark "You're fired"?
0: Yeah, but I mean, Paris I Hilton mean a lot of this would depend on the high. judge, I guess. But like, you can easily make the case that it's a different usage of the man, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 you know a hairline between one and the other, but you know it's this is I don't think she was referencing Ric Flair when she, when Becky Lynch when she started calling herself the man. I thought she was because she beat Charlotte. Oh, well, really? Was that it? I th- I thought so. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it was. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. And in that case, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that there's a little bit of a better case, but it is pretty vague, you know. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anybody should be able to trademark anything that vague. I think our trademarks and yeah. copyright system is all out of whack. That's a that's a conversation from my other podcast, <laughs> uh, Copyrights Weekly. No, I mean, sure. I mean, he 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 deserves a. Carl uh, call out to but, I mean a, a shout out I don't I don't know I don't know that like Ric Flair needs uh WWE to cut him a check for like a million dollars a year so that Becky Lynch can sell t-shirts but um that's more of a moral thing than a legal thing and I'm, I'm no expert Have you seen this
1: psycho Sid fake Twitter account hmm. um is it it's not new is it no, I don't think so. But it had said official and all this, but apparently it came out that it's
0: fake. Somebody oh, yeah. It's been fake from the this. start. Yeah, no, no. But I yeah. remember talking about that like a couple of years ago. Uh, like it was a that's... really good Twitter account that really felt like Sid. But like somebody, some like low level blogger or something who was like in with, you know, the old like Memphis wrestling scene or something was just like, yeah, that's definitely not Sid. Like was saying that from the beginning. Like I talked to At Sid. Real
1: psycho Sid. Yeah. But he's also got a podcast now. The Vicious Circle? It just came out September Sid 1st. does or
0: the guy who ran the fake Twitter I, account? Uh, maybe this is the real Sid at this point. I'm not even sure. I hope it's just about softball. I know it's, an, I know it's a tired <laughs> tire joke, but man, that'd be so cool. Psycho softball?
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this, at real Psycho Sid. Three tweets down, he retweeted from Psycho Sid Promotions. R.I.P. Mean Gene Okerlund. Sorry I called you a fat, bald-headed little oaf. thought that was nice. <laughs> anyway this question from weirdly enough the Twitter name is The Man two Ends. is it too soon to put The Fiend into the universal title picture shouldn't you wait until the first sign it's losing the interest of fans is it super obvious that it'll show up during
0: the Austin segment oh because Austin's a well I don't know because the Austin segment I think was thrown together because they just wanted to you know bump up rating I'm not sure that's a given but um no, this is the way. It, somebody was talking about this recently. But if a heel is over, like that, you run with it. You know, I mean, yeah, you don't it, need. It's Austin. one thing. It's one thing to make this like uh, this like uh, calculated uh, move to, uh, you know, try to construct, try to build him into the new Undertaker or, or like whatever to make him a guy who doesn't need to be who can who doesn't need the belt. But no, man, no, no. If something, if when someone is that over. You, I, I think you put the belt on him and figure out the rest later. Even if, or put him in the scene. Even if it's even if I mean, even if it's him winning the belt and throwing it in the trash can or something. You know, I mean, like whatever. Like you, you got I don't. I mean, maybe giving him the belt's not the answer, but putting him in the main event when you're this hot, you do that.
1: All right. This question comes from Kurt Young. He asks, should the winner of the main event at the annual Saudi Arabia show receive the sheik's loaded Arabian boots and wear them like the king of the ring crown?
0: Well, first of all, that sounds like this is a trap, where I'm going to end up saying something offensive if I answer this question. <laughs> uh, but uh, because of the implicit offensiveness of the ex- in the very existence of that show, then yes, they should definitely do that.
1: Any chance Jeff Hardy gets one last run with a major title before he calls it quits?
0: Jeff Hardy. I can't. I find it hard to imagine he's going to have a, the consistency in some stretch to like catch fire and really like earn that. Um, he's also just a little bit too old. <laughs> I don't, this is, I don't mean this is like is like an ageist thing. I just feel like he's too mm-hmm. established in our minds to have the same sort of like underdog appeal that he did at his very very peak, um, and I think that limits his upside. So I, I find I, I, I don't know, but I, but sure, I mean, why not? It's, it's possible. Anything's possible. Um, and he's still a pretty good worker. I mean, I think if it were, if we're talking about any company other than WWE, then yes, absolutely. But the, the, the roster is just so big and so loaded that I find it, I, I just find it really hard to imagine.
1: Okay, this comes from Randy Randerson. How quickly would it take for Tyler Bate to become WWE champion if he passed the Randy Orton test?
0: If Tyler Bate passed the Randy Orton test? Mhm. Tyler Bate would already be like like I mean he would he would be like the new John Cena. I mean he would he would he would already be like a 5-year champion at this point. Tyler Bate, did you So NXT had a show this weekend that was uh, ran on the same day as as uh, All Elite I guess but uh, the yeah NXT UK uh mm-hmm. and Tyler Bate and Walter had a title match that was I say this with with very deliberately that was the greatest wrestling match in the history of professional wrestling I'm just kidding <laughs> but it was really really good it was like it was it, it was probably the best match of the weekend and that's saying a lot because like Lucha Bros versus Bucks was just phenomenal. The AEW title match was phenomenal. Walter versus Tyler Bate was ridiculous. Like, it was so good. Um, part of what made the match really work is that Tyler Bate is one of the greatest wrestlers alive, but he's, like, I think five six is generous and, like, physically looks like a pretty short fellow. Uh, and Walter is a monster who... Um, would probably look less monstrous if he was on the main roster. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that match was so good. Go stop what you're doing and watch it now, or wait till this podcast is over and, and watch it now, and then watch it then. But it was so good. Um, but if Tyler Bate was it was Randy Orton sized, if Tyler Bate was Seth Rollins sized, Tyler Bate would be the face of WWE. He's he's so good. He's so good. Um and I'm glad that we have NXT UK and we have NXT and we have like all these different divisions within WWE now because it's it makes sense. I mean, he's going to keep getting opportunities. He's not just going to be you know, get a wise on 205 live or just put on the main shows like special attraction. Um and you know, probably not work on TV that much. He's got an, he's he got an opportunity to headline a, a giant show and to put on one of the matches of the year. Um but yeah, he he's he's phenomenal, and and as much as like size doesn't matter anymore, uh, it's ridiculous to say that it wouldn't make a big difference for him. I mean, the same thing for Johnny Gargano. I've said that forever. If he were six inches taller, he'd be he'd be a legendary head, WWE headliner. He'd be five ten. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, height matters less and less. It still matters a lot when it comes to just like packaging somebody for you know strapping the rocket to their back and all that kind of stuff there's still going to be that roadblock forever and there's, and especially in the Fox era I think legitimacy is going to you know believability is going to matter more than it probably did before but we'll see all right
1: um, speaking of that NXT show the NXT UK show Cardiff or Cardiff mm-hmm. or whatever Cardiff say. yeah um, Jason Wilson says massive Cesaro fan here after the bar ended it looked like for a hot second the Swiss Superman may get a singles push so now it seems he's basically enhancement talent. Should I just give up my hopes on Cesaro as a main eventer? It was nice to see him show up at NXT. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it was nice to see him on NXT UK. If he'd, I feel like that's a better place for him than NXT proper. If they're talking about bringing name people down to NXT, I like the idea of NXT UK sort of being NXT European union or just NXT or NXT is UK is basically just like WWE international. If that makes sense. Um, and he and he has a and he he makes a lot of sense there, uh, you know, in those terms. Um, but there, but the, the size thing is going to be weird over there too because he's taller than every literally everybody on the roster of that. You know, he like NXT UK even more than NXT US has done a good job of like, just like changing our perception of size of, of the sizes of different people. You know, I mean, like if you ask the average NXT UK viewer, they'd probably tell you that Walter's like six ten and four hundred pounds or something. You know, and he's like Walter's like. Probably 6'2. Um, I don't have the specific uh height and weights in front of me, I'm just sort of guessing, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. I mean, so I don't know if that's gonna work. So we're just talking about sizes, but but I mean, yeah, I think Cesaro's my guess is he asked to go, my guess is he'll ask that they'll kind of let him go where he wants to go, and under the you know, and and if if there's ever a call for him to get you know that one big push, he'll be available, but. In the meantime, I think he's probably more interested in like having good matches, having fun and, you know, making the crowd happy.
1: Someone asked, what do you think of, have you seen Superhuman, this kid who does the uh, stunt videos? He has a little saying before he does it. I just sent you a link. Superhuman with two M's and human, one, two, three, four. And he has this, I'll, I'll play the audio, it's so great, he's like, for the gigolos and gigolets, it's the same thing before every video. don't try this at home I'm like, whoop, whoop. Anyway. drink drinking you, 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 you have to watch some of those videos, though. He's done hundreds of them, and it's just him basically jumping through random things. And then pretending yeah.
0: he's dead after it, or is that actually <laughs> Well,
1: kind of, or a lot of times he like actually hurts himself. It's pretty funny. Um, wow. Let's see what else we got. All right, from JJ the Great. When should the new day break up? And Never who should turn heel. Never.
0: Mm. I mean, the only good way. I mean, the the, the only good way. The good way. I mean, the, the the reasonable way to do it is. You know, somebody the you know evil GM puts makes Kofi wrestle Biggie or whatever for the title belt, and then I want. Yeah, I don't know. Biggie is the rock, like a as an evil as yeah, the heel. Yeah, I think that's the right. look. I mean, he's good on the mic. Honestly, I might turn co. I mean, Biggie and Xavier Woods at the same time or something. Let them split off together. But, um, but yeah, I think that that's. I th- I think that I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. I think that, I think that Biggie. I mean, Xavier is obviously another guy who, if he were if he were three inches taller, would be one of the biggest stars in the world. But, um. But, yeah, I think both of those guys have the ability to be just enormous. But I think Big E is the answer I would give. All right.
1: Um, I don't see where this one went. But someone asked, what are your three favorite titles of all time in all promotions?
0: Just top three overall. You mean the look of them? Yeah, I think so. The look, the prestige. I have no idea. I'm not a title. St- I'm not a, like a... a- it's not
1: you're a body guy not a title guy
0: exactly i like the old school i like that old school like like um buddy rogers title that really was a belt you know um (laughs) i mean that was closer to a belt than like what we think of now as the title i like the um i mean the ic title the classic ic title is really hard to hard to argue with i think i mean the 10 pounds of gold really hard to argue with um Not as big a fan of the winged eagle belt to some people, Uh, although I like it. I mean, I'm just like, whatever. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm just not a belt guy that way. I really do like the AEW belt. It's fantastic.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Hamza wants to know, who's the James Harden of pro wrestling? What? Like high usage rate? Yeah, I guess. I, I was trying to think of I don't know. That's a very ringer esque NBA crossover question. No, it's a
0: fantastic like question. I don't know off the top of my head. Um the James Harden. I mean, James Harden's probably probably Roman Reigns, right? Just like really high usage rate. Uh I guess. I'm trying to think who's, who's or is it more the most of like promos? a is it would it be it's a high like most promo
1: is most shooting. Yeah. Yeah that it's weird. It, I don't know.
0: No, nah, I mean, but somebody Different who's, like, transition. style is, like, re- like really impressive, but also boring and repetitive. Um, mm-hmm. God, who would it be? I don't know. I, I just... I mean, right. I'm just trying to think if there's... I'm trying to think, because people... I mean, I don't know. It's hard to imagine how much people dislike James Harden in the real world as opposed to, like, you know, these, like, hyper-basketball-y circles or whatever. Um... I, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's Rollins. Although Rollins doesn't really like like get people's ire out of that. But he definitely has like the big, the flashy style that somehow becomes sort of sort of monotonous. Um, Kevin Owens? No. Kevin Owens the 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 NBA equivalent to He's Kevin Owens is Michael Jordan in his prime. Awesome. <laughs> Good. Hell yeah. All right. Uh we got time for like two more.
1: Joshua Heiser said, asks, "Do you think Cody going over made sense or is he becoming what he hates?" The vet in charge Barry. No, what, what Cody?
0: No, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. And I and I but I mean, it's a, I take the question. Um, you know, there's been a lot of star making in AEW so far, and I think that there's an argument to be made that Sean Spears needed the legitimacy of winning that match, but Sean Spears is not that guy. Uh and if he if he is if he becomes a success in AEW, it will be because he's earned it, and not because they booked him into that spot. And AEW, I, I said this recently that the interesting one of the interesting kind of meta storylines in AEW is how long it would take, how long they would be able to. They felt like they could wait before they put Cody into the title picture, and the answer is like no longer. They need him to headline a show. He's going to headline a show, and then at that point, you know, he doesn't have to stay there, but he definitely has to lend his name to the legitimacy of this enterprise, one, because he's a Rhodes and two, because he is the face of the company, regardless of whether or not he's the title holder. So somebody beating him is going to be meaningful. And three, because he gets more, he gets, he does more interviews, you know, he gets more articles written about him and interviews given than anybody else. He's, he's famous as opposed to everybody else on the roster. Um, so yeah, like they, they, they're, you can make the case they shouldn't have done it, but they have to, I mean, they, they decided they needed it. They're, they're right. You know, I mean, they, I'm not I'm not saying they should give him the title and just like let him be let him like you know Hulk Hogan it for the next eight years. But uh they need to put him in the title picture because otherwise the average viewer is gonna watch it and just be like, Wait, why is the guy that I've heard of not in the title picture? Like, what did he do to get demoted? They need to get they need to demote him, is what they need to do. If they've decided for a fact that they don't want him to be if if he doesn't want to be what he hates you know, if that part of it's true, and who knows if it is. But if he's like, the, my number one rule is I don't want to be carrying the belt around because I want someone else to have that opportunity, someone else who deserves it more than me. Then they have to put him in the match to have him lose it and 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 give him a reason to not be in the title picture because it doesn't matter wins and losses or whatever else. Average viewers, lapsed viewers, whatever, were conditioned that like the people that we've heard of are the guys wrestling for the main title, and right now he's that, so they got to they got to put him there. Because one, he's a big name, and two, because if they don't want him to be there, they have to take him out of there by him losing. There you go. Sorry to piss you Wait, who, who asked that question? <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay, well, I was going to cut a heel promo on that guy. Oh, Just throw Joshua,
1: he- Joshua Heiser.
0: Joshua Heiser? I hope you're listening right now. <laughs> Your question's terrible. Go back, to the, do it, but go back to Twitter <laughs> with your bad opinions. Good coming on my podcast. Twitter City Come sweat back when you have hugs. a good one. No, I'm just kidding. That's a really good question because it is something that we've all thought about, you know? But uh, yeah.
1: it is weird too because, like, they were talking about how everything's going to be different, yet then they bring in Jim Ross, Shivani, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. Doing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Alabama Doink is going to headline next time. <laughs> um, let's see. We got the time for like two more. Uh, oh, Yeet or Be yeaton asked. That's a good good name. Yep. And their handle is Smark City, Utah, which is good too. Uh, can Dip and Heal Producer Jim be the full Massman Show trio team every week? <laughs> the outlier on Twitter. Someone like that. You just wanted to KJ. read that question.
0: Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you take it from there. Um. no they cannot I mean that'd be great for me I love both of you guys but you know it'd be nice to have more than 10 listeners by the end of the year so. <laughs>
1: why does everyone hate dip dip's the greatest anyway alright we got uh, we should probably wrap it up a question from two minutes ago from Sweeney Todd where's the episode fellas so there you go where's the podcast here it is Sweeney Todd yeah, it's right this here is it. what's up Sweeney Todd and the, Frank the Bow. bloody barber of
0: wait where was he from Sweeney Todd Seville maybe? No that was uh, The Barber of Seville That was yeah. The Barber of Seville What's it? It's the Barber of Seville is that song? Fleet Street The Demon Barber of Fleet Street hmm. um, Before we wrap up
1: I like this question too What is yours and my favorite Simpsons episode? Mine is Bart Sells' his Soul
0: Oh that's really good
1: It's my favorite
0: Um I don't have a favorite one. I've been rewatching them like crazy. They're so good. My ten year old's like, super into, into another, it right now. Yeah. Um, but I've never been I for some reason I've never gotten into like the Simpsons like season rankings, like people caring a lot about when it's when the show got bad, and when it got good. I mean I would guess the mon- yeah, but when you when you get caught in those bad ones, oh, what are you gonna say the monorail? monorail probably. I mean, is it one the that classic. springs to mind? Marge joins the PTA. I mean, I think that I think the monorail's got to be my favorite. But I but it's like those early ones, you know, like the. I know that it was better early on, especially in that mm-hmm. epic, like kind of Conan O'Brien era or whatever. And those were yeah. th- but those were like real no, time I mean, to me. And then every all the, the more recent seasons that people seem to dog on of like you know, it's kind of background noise to me. Like I, like I watch it. I enjoy it. I mean, I, when it's on, I watch it, I enjoy it, but it's not like, I don't. Yeah. All right. That is it for this episode. Thank you for sending in your questions. Heel producer Jim. Thank you for sitting here with me. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Next week. We'll be back, hopefully on the regular, a uh, regular Wednesday day, but who knows? Uh, and we'll be pre- previewing WWE class of champions, uh, emanating from the best city in the United States of America, Charlotte, North Carolina, This episode of The Mass Man Show is brought to you by Charlotte, North Carolina, the best city in the United (laughs) States of America. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then we'll have a whole lot of, like, looming Friday Night Smackdown. This is the last, that's the last pay-per-view before the Fox show starts. I believe. And AEW is coming, and NXT is starting, what, the week after that pay-per-view, I believe. And then, I mean, there's, we gotta, it's, shit's about to get real. Um, anyway. I, uh, Thank you guys for listening. Jim, thank you for sitting here. Thank you. Everybody, thank you for your questions. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley, who was injured and couldn't make uh, all out. But we'll be wrestling Kenny Omega at full gear. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids.
1: We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show.
0: Jim Cunningham area meth head. That is an elite performer.